0: Welcome to the Checkmates Go podcast. Join your favorite checkpoint expert, Phone Boy, and his guests as they cover a range of cybersecurity topics to help you secure your everything. Be sure to subscribe and share, and don't forget to rate and review us. And now, here's Phone Boy. And welcome to Season 4, Episode 4. Five key traits of highly effective CISOs. In business across the globe, an explosion of connectivity has massively expanded digital footprints. Intellectual property, customer data, and brand equity are now wrapped up in the digital world. This has afforded business new opportunities, but has also transformed them into targets for information theft, which directly affects business performance and shareholder value. Although security teams and chief information security officers are receiving more support than ever before, the CISO is now expected to serve as the data guardian, the technologist, the strategist, and the business advisor. Given multiple hats, is your CISO or are you a highly effective top performer, and how can your CISO improve further when it comes to managing business risk? Certain mentalities, behavioral patterns, and modus operandi distinguish top performers from lower-performing counterparts, a reality that manifests in any competitive environment, whether in sports, in academia, or in other realms of business ecosystem. Each of the following are two times more prevalent in top-performing CISOs as compared with lower-performing CISOs, on average, according to analysts. Number one, initiating discussions on evolving industry issues to stay ahead of threats. Executing on this means taking a proactive approach to threat management, connecting with stakeholders, and capably speaking the language of business. Number two, making stakeholders aware of current and future possible risks to the enterprise. Fostering an environment of risk awareness builds credibility and accountability. A successful CISO provides stakeholders with metrics and never sugarcoats the truth. Number three, proactively securing emerging technologies. CISOs who focus on emerging risks become key drivers in the journey to security maturity and in achieving organizational security objectives. Number four, retaining a formal and actionable succession plan. Great CISOs align their planning with the needs, mission, and ambitions of the larger organization and make plans known to others. Number five, defining risk appetite via collaboration with senior business decision makers. Two out of three top-performing CISOs meet with business leaders at least once per month. In doing so, top CISOs manage to carefully balance security needs against business needs. Survey results reveal that highly effective CISOs excel at managing workplace stressors. A mere 27% of top-forming CISOs feel bombarded with security alerts, compared with over 60% of bottom performers. To help CISOs function at a higher level, CISOs need to keep a clear boundary between work and non-work, set expectations with stakeholders, and automate security tasks where possible. Highly stressed CISOs are more prone to making mistakes, leaving for new opportunities, or moving a company towards a security incident. For a CISO, staying relevant and ready for action means embracing a business mindset. While the newly emerging BISO role is eliminating some pressure, a business mindset can assist a CISO in connecting with colleagues outside of the tech teams, and it enables high-level business-focused conversations. CISOs wall themselves into a garden if they're only able to interact with colleagues on a technical level. Understanding and prioritizing stakeholder agendas and goals will expand meaningful and productive projects, opportunities, and potential for positive impact. CISO success also depends on the team surrounding the CISO. A strong CISO will not be afraid to hire people who are more technically talented than they are. Rather, a strong CISO will fill the team with great results focused driven to deliver employees. Afterwards, puzzle pieces will fall into place, and organizations will likely see desirable outcomes. By 2023, 30% of a CISO's effectiveness will also be measured based on his or her ability to generate value for the business. Perceiving and communicating risk in terms of how it can provide a comprehensive advantage, lead to business growth, and result in revenue expansion will see a CISO through on a path towards future success. Six different types of CISOs and the environments they thrive in. The CISO's role is to protect the business from cyber threats, but oftentimes companies and CISOs alike aren't fully aware of the type of CISO that's needed for the job. The type of CISO needed depends on a variety of factors, from where the company is in its own life cycle to the type of data that it protects to the industry in which it is situated. In some cases, an appointment to the CISO role is accidental. A COO pulls the IT strategist aside and says how impressed that he, she was with the individual's performance across the past year. Would you be interested in running cybersecurity, he or she says? We think you're the right person for the job as we scale the company. As the CISO's role develops, takes shape, and begins to support the organizational priorities, thinking around the type of CISO that a business needs will gradually crystallize. According to one global analyst firm, there are six different types of CISOs that a given organization may cycle through. The type of CISO that an organization needs might change as business evolves. Here's a breakdown. Number one, the transformational CISO. The CISO walks in as an energized leader with a three to five year plan. He or she enjoys setting micro goals, being efficient, serving as a strategic driver of business transformation, pushing past challenges and achieving strong business outcomes. Number two, the post breach power player. CISOs of this type thrive in turbulence. After a breach, they're excited about rebuilding the company's security. These CISOs have the chops and confidence as to not mind becoming the punching bag for security concerns, spaghetti at the wall initiatives, and new security vendor presentations. Number three, the compliance guru. The compliance guru typically works in a highly regulated industry and is fluent in regulatory compliance lingo and legalities. Number four, the tactical operational CISO. Traits of tactical CISOs include focusing on opportunities within current programs, setting a vision based on existing technical drivers and current requirements, describing securities assurances, and working to understand a domain via red and blue teams. Number five, steady state or maintenance CISOs. This type of CISO isn't necessarily leading massive transformations right now, and that's perfectly acceptable. Security maturity may have been attained, and at present, it needs to be managed, optimized, and promoted as a strategic business enabler. This CISO needs to perfect architecture but not procure products. And finally, number six, the customer-facing CISO. This individual enjoys serving as a spokesperson for cybersecurity. In some cases, tech firms retain these types of CISOs due to their charisma, connection with, and appeal to customers. According to analysts, the transformational CISO is unlikely to thrive in a steady-state company. Similarly, poach-breach CISOs are eager to contend with the aftermath of devastating data breaches and may be dismissed or want to leave after three years of cleanup. Organizations may need to transition into or out of divergent CISO roles based on operational needs. For example, after a post-breach CISO departs, a company may need a tactical-slash-operational CISO or a steady-state CISO to keep security humming along. In addition to CISOs, within the ever-expanding security ecosystem, an increasing number of organizations are now hiring for BISOs. The BISO's mission is to coordinate security initiatives across the enterprise, freeing a CISO from some administrative or tactical responsibilities, allowing the CISO to closely focus on building security systems. A large percentage of organizations are short on cybersecurity staff. Do you need more people to oversee strategic, operational, technical, and budgetary aspects of data management and protection? Do you know what kinds of cybersecurity leaders you'll need next? Zero Trust Segmentation, a Primer for CISOs CISOs and network managers need to know which users can be trusted and whether or not a workload might be compromised. Simple network monitoring and a few scattered enterprise security measures are no longer enough architectural shifts to the cloud services like AWS and Azure along with the growth of SaaS, yes and PaaS, the container revolution and other technological transformations exacerbate the issue. These infrastructures are now everywhere. The assumption of inherent trust in your network is becoming more false than ever before. The same is true in relation to users and their devices which are now everywhere. Devices can access sensitive data and applications through VPN or direct means. The rules of access have changed, and with that, risk exposure has increased. What's a network manager to do? One answer is for organizations to adopt a zero-trust framework. As a reminder, the zero-trust framework is not a technology. It is an architectural model. A subset of the zero-trust framework is known as the zero-trust network access model, originally developed by John Kindervag during the 2010s, is a strong candidate. A core tenet of the model is the well-known phrase, never trust, always verify for each connection in the network. The concept ensures that no device, user, or workload should be trusted by default. It doesn't matter if the source is inside of the security parameter. The Zero Trust framework is defined as the trust contract between the consumer and provider. This approach is focused on users, identities, and applications slash data workloads. Since its introduction, it has evolved significantly and is now a usable framework that provides IT and security with a chance to implement Zero Trust architecture in a pragmatic way. Zero Trust considerations. Assume that no portion of a network merits trust. Assume that a data breach will occur. The disappearance of inside versus outside means that we assume the existence of both internal and external threats on all components of the network. Zero trust is highly granular. Only the minimum possible access, i.e. least privilege, is granted to the smallest resource unit. Zero trust is dynamic. Trust is constantly reassessed throughout the interaction between the user and the requested resources. Zero trust is end-to-end. Security stretches from the requesting object to the resource requested. Zero trust is detached from pre-existing classifications. Thus, the terms inside and outside the perimeter are meaningless in the realm of zero trust. Policy should be dynamic and should include more information than the locality of the end user. Organizations should take a default deny approach to security, meaning that users should never be inherently trusted but always verified. Zero trust segmentation should be centrally managed, a place to orchestrate the network. So what are some of the benefits of zero trust segmentation? Well, number one, lower risk by discovering resources and increasing visibility. Organizations often fail to track what data they have, where it resides, and how it travels. Due to the high volume of new devices continually added to a network, IT and security teams commonly struggle to achieve 100% visibility. Zero-trust segmentation forces the identification of any device or application on a network that attempts to communicate. The device is automatically assumed untrustworthy. It is automatically disallowed from communications until its identity is verified. In turn, this allows security practitioners to understand what devices exist on the network and which aim to gain access. In addition, because data flows are mapped in a zero-trust-based approach to segmentation, ops teams obtain increased visibility into ecosystem weaknesses and risks. Number two, more control in a cloud environment. Security practitioners occasionally resist transitions into the cloud due to the seeming loss of visibility and lack of control. When a cloud service provider owns the storage space, organizations can only see and do so much to protect their cloud-based data. Or so the thinking sometimes goes. Zero-trust segmentation can assist with this. Zero-trust segmentation works with any network. This includes public and hybrid clouds. Because zero-trust segmentation is application and workload-centric, security ops teams have a fair level of control over application workloads. In the event that users or workloads do not meet attribute recognition, the workload is barred from communicating. As a result, hackers then see difficulty in achieving east-west lateral movements. Number three, lower breach potential because zero trust segmentation focuses on the pillars, user's device, network workload, and data. This allows security teams to identify and stop malicious data-based activity more easily than before. The zero trust model enables the continuous inspection of workload deviations from the intended state. It prevents unverified workloads from communicating anywhere on the system. Any application or service is inherently untrusted until verification occurs. After verification, communication continues on a need-to-know basis. In other words, access remains restricted to those who were require access. Creating distrust of devices decreases breach potential and overall security risk. It also minimizes potential attack cleanup and mitigation expenses as there will be fewer breaches to manage. Number 4, enabling compliance initiatives. Zero Trust is an enabler for compliance initiatives. A Zero Trust architecture can help auditors communicate directly with executive teams, helping to prevent extended business disruption and financial repercussions due to failed audits. Zero Trust segmentation enables auditors to quickly see application data flows and how workloads are communicating securely across a network. Zero Trust segmentation limits means of network exploitation and results in fewer audit findings. Number five, increase business speed and agility. Modern enterprises aim to operate at lightning speed. Many feel that security may slow a business down. For example, when a port is blocked or a host server sees removal due to possible intrusion, employees are unable to access tools for job performance. Number six, identify sensitive data. Know all of the data assets with sensitive information that needs protection and data and know where it is located. Number seven, alleviates organizational friction. Some security vulnerabilities are nearly impossible to manage with traditional controls. These include vulnerabilities within distributed development and staging environments. In the past, organizations have taken the the bolted-on-at-the-end approach to security. This approach has not worked well. Zero-trust segmentation negates this approach by enveloping applications in protection. How to implement a zero-trust strategy? First, identify the data. Know what sensitive data needs protection and know where it is located. This is a critical step in effectively protecting your environment and implementing a zero-trust architecture strategy. Discover application flows. This refers to the discovery of the communications between the applications and examining the surface attack. Define policy. Once organizations can clearly see application flows, the process of creating a zero-trust architecture policy with a default deny standard rule becomes easier. It also becomes easier to define and spot macro perimeters such as those for specific applications. Enforce. In the past, enforcing a policy presented its own form of risk. Each policy change could result in network outages and availability problems for applications. With a test mode, this threat will disappear and organizations will be able to reach enforcement faster without risk of breaking applications. Zero Trust Segmentation, when done correctly, enables an organization to track alerts for policy violations in real time. Organizations can enhance alerting with meaningful, contextual data, encryption of east-west traffic in transparent ways, along with gaining full visibility throughout the application lifecycle. Monitor and Maintain. Retaining and refining enterprise security and implementation requires continual effort. As noted previously, Zero Trust is not a technology, it's a framework and a process. Given the steps above, your organization should be able to implement Zero Trust segmentation with each new application in your enterprise. Eventually, you should be able to find the optimal workflow over time while following a never trust, always verify approach. Enforce security automation and orchestration. Only via orchestration and automation will an organization manage to maintain a stable, predictable, and reliable network security model. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Checkmates Go. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app, leave us a rating and review, and share with your colleagues on social media. And we'll see you next time.